When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The only daily Premier League podcast. This is Football Social Daily. Hello and welcome along to Tuesday's edition of the Football Social Daily. The Premier League season is powering on. And here at FSD, we are matching them stride for stride all the way as we go into the final crunch few weeks of the campaign. Midweek action is the big focus in the next few days with business at the top and bottom end of the Premier League table. And it's the title race where we find ourselves right the way back this week. Liverpool and Man City are looking to keep up the pressure on each other in what could be an interesting final fortnight. The Reds are back in action tonight. Jurgen Klopp's side head off to Aston Villa as they look to keep up the pressure on City and rein in Pep Guardiola's title defence. Alongside that, we've also got the latest chapter in Pep and Jurgen's tiff as Guardiola has made the slightly unusual claim that the country is united in their desire to see the title back at Anfield this summer. And then to wrap it up, we'll be keeping the focus on Man City and talking about Erling Haaland's mega money move to Manchester. So plenty to get through. My name's Fergal Brennan and in the spirit of two heavyweights going head to head, we've rolled in the big guns on Tuesday. Niall McCorn. Niall, how are we doing? I'm very good. I don't know if I object to be being called a heavyweight or not because uh, I know I've put on a bit of weight lately, but (laughs) I'm firmly in the cruiserweight category, I'd say. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, Someone who's never afraid to swing a few digs on a midweek podcast, definitely a heavyweight of opinion. We have Marley Anderson. Marley, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. uh, I'll take that intro. It's not the worst I've ever had. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm also (laughs) piling on the pounds of uh, ready for. I'm going to my honeymoon in a month, so I'll be uh, trying to trim down before then. But. Considering I've done about 15 years of not losing any weight ever, so uh, I, I'm not exactly holding out much hope for that. So if you see a fat guy on the on the beaches of Zante in a month's time, that's uh, that'll be me. Fair enough. I mean, I think we've all been surviving on a fairly solid biscuit-based diet uh, for the last 12 months, but you know we can we can work our way out of it. Pre-season will be coming up, so we can we can get stuck into that. Right? Every every gonna... podcast we've ever done, honest to God, I've just finished at least four custard creams before we started like if i if i rustle the packet this is like you can hear it now watch did you hear that yeah there you go evidence, my yeah, evidence. solid rustle custard yeah, creams. Yeah. it's the perf- perfect thing to get your voice ready forget about honey and lemon custard cream you know soothes the throat and gets you ready for some uh, for some hot takes right. on the premier league uh, right, so we are going to get stuck into to tonight's game. Niall, going to go to you first on this one. Aston Villa against Liverpool, obviously within the context of the Premier League title race. The title picture is unlikely to change tonight, even if Liverpool do win away at Aston Villa. They trail City by three points as it stands, but also, most importantly, four goals difference in the uh, the goal difference column. And a win for Liverpool tonight, you would expect, should be relatively straightforward. Manchester City back in action tomorrow will be looking to, you know, just turn back the clock and make it three points again. 
is this is this it effectively we chatted about it over the weekend and I'm sure everybody who watches Premier League football have been chatting about this but I, I want to get your take on it is this the end now was that slip at Spurs the end for Liverpool and they're now just concentrating on the FA Cup and the Champions League because Man City look home and dry yeah I don't think it's the end Fergal I certainly agree with what you say about Manchester City looking like they will be the ones that win the title. And I agree with that. I think Manchester City will. It certainly looks like that's going to be the case from where we are at the moment. With the table, City top, Liverpool second and three points back, as you mentioned. But I don't think it's out of the question that Liverpool could win tonight quite convincingly and put the pressure back on Manchester City. You say there's a four-goal swing. There's no um, doubt that Liverpool could beat Aston Villa 4-0 tonight. There's absolutely no question in my mind that that's a a distinct possibility. If you look at Villa, they're 11th, 34 games played, 43 points, zero goal difference. They are the most middle-of-the-road team in the division this season. You can't really get any more bang average than Aston Villa. You know, the the zero goal difference right in the middle of of the rest of the teams around them, I think, cements that for me. So um, I'm sure Steven Gerrard will want to impress against uh, against a team which obviously he, he, he knows so well and he loves so much but um, you know he's the Aston Villa manager and he, he'll want to, to really dent Liverpool's chances even though some people are suggesting oh Steven Gerrard's team might go easy tonight I guarantee you they won't but that being said I do think that Liverpool are more than capable of, of beating Villa comfortably by three, four goals and closing that gap again and that's all Liverpool can do is put the pressure back on Manchester City I think Jurgen Klopp is not the sort of character where he'd go, right, okay, that's done and dusted, lads. Let's focus on the FA Cup and the Champions League. I don't think he's that sort of guy. And I think that with the way things have gone this season, you only need to look at the bottom end of the table with the with the relegation battle. Now, only two weeks ago, we were discussing on Football Social Daily what Burnley and Everton are going to do in the Championship next season. And now those two are both out of the relegation zone and Leeds are, have dropped into it. Southampton on 40 points aren't out of the woods yet. So, you know, even though we're right at the end of the season and, and the home straight is in sight, I still think there's plenty of twists and turns yet. I agree with what you say. I think City will be the winners eventually of the Premier League title, but I wouldn't give up the ghost just yet if you're a Liverpool supporter. Jurgen Klopp was annoyed after the Spurs game at the weekend, Marley. First time they've dropped points other than against Manchester City since the first game of 2022 in the Premier League and it is a source of frustration because both he and Guardiola have said over the last few weeks that if we drop they'll pounce and that works on on both ends of the scale and he's kind of slightly rode back on his comments where he accused Spurs of being quite negative and defensive and saying that he's not a fan of that type of football and and that type of tactical approach and he basically has said that heat at the moment not that he regrets it but would he have maybe taken it back possibly he just wants to move on and move forward and they've got two finals coming up in the next couple of weeks but as Niall said it's not over and it won't be over until the final day and the two managers won't throw the towel in but realistically behind the scenes is Klopp changing tact or or is he just saying we've got everybody back fit Roberto Firmino should be fit tonight which means a fully fit squad to pick from let's just go full throttle and hope and pray that City have a wobble yeah well that's that's all they can do really um it's still not, it's it's not over by, by any means. Um, I think the narrative in this in this sort of start of the week has been, oh, well, City will go and win it now, and uh, look, they're going to go and get Haaland, and they're going to win it for the next five or six years easily, and, and all the rest of it. And I still think there's there's a little bit of um, twists and turns left to go. I, I, I can't see Villa touching Liverpool tonight at all. 
Um, like Niall said, I can't. I wouldn't bet against Liverpool scoring four against Aston Villa um, at home. You know, it's it's a huge uh, opportunity for them. And when when the goal difference has been uh, swung so much by Liverpool uh, by Man City battering Newcastle at the weekend, you know, it's uh, that was a huge thing. You know, City didn't let up there in. Uh, sorry, it's at, it's at Villa Park, isn't it? But still wouldn't back uh, Liverpool to not score for at Villa Park. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, City beating Newcastle at the weekend is, is um, you know, they, they didn't give up till the last minute because they knew. Um, and that's why Guardiola was so happy at the end when uh, when Grealish and Sterling um, combined for that goal at the end. You know, it was, uh, it was one of them where you, uh, you looked at it and gone, right, Pep's absolutely like delighted with that goal because because of the goal difference mm. he, he can now put that table pressure on on Man City um on Liverpool because they're three points and four goals ahead of them so it's another little like um another thing to just chip away at them with because I think Liverpool had the biggest test this this uh past weekend just gone and and failed it by not winning um and then you know Man City have pounced so it's any any small advantage is massively Amplified at this stage of the season, um, and we're seeing that now. We're, we're sort of overanalyzing everything and saying, you know, will will Gerard do anything against Liverpool tonight against his old club? But realistically, probably not, because Villa are a, a mid-table team. They've lost, I think, something like five out of the last seven games or something like that. Um, and Liverpool should roll them over pretty easy, and we're back to where we were, type of thing. They're not going to win 7-2 like they did a couple of years ago, are they? That's just not going to happen. I think that's a pretty safe bet. I'd be absolutely shocked. Yeah, I would be as well. But I was just looking at the statistics whilst Marley was talking there. And I think there's no doubt Liverpool will score tonight. I think they've only failed to score in one away game this season in the Premier League. And that was when they lost 1-0 at Leicester. Um, And they've scored 41 away Premier League goals this season, which is um, third to only... Their two, um, their title-winning campaign in the 40s, and then in 2013-14 when they finished second, and that famous Steven Gerrard moment um, where he slipped up, and then Crystal Palace coming back. So, you know, on their travels, Liverpool are still formidable. So, I, I fancy them to score a few tonight. I want to ask Niall about Liverpool and their starting lineup heading into what's going to be a busy couple of weeks. FA Cup final against Chelsea this weekend, and then heading off to Paris to take on Real Madrid in the Champions League. Cloppers changed and rotated over the last couple of weeks he's rarely picked an exactly identical starting lineup in, in back-to-back games given the fact that this is again no disrespect to Villa a trip to a mid-table Premier League side that Liverpool are more than expected to go and win will his lineup tonight maybe give us a bit of a hint of what the team will be to face Chelsea and then potentially further down the line who will be in line to take on Real Madrid yeah, I think so, because, you know, as the old cliche goes, you don't get a trophy for finishing second. There's no prizes for finishing second. But if you can lift an FA Cup in a Champions League, it's a far more tangible achievement. And it adds a couple of pots to the trophy cabinet at Anfield, which is already swollen, um, of course, due to the club's success over the years. And I think that we will see a, a changed team tonight. You're right, Fergal. He seems to do that a lot, Jurgen Klopp. And I think he'll do it again. I think um, some of the signings they've made have been ex- have been excellent. I mean, if you think about the likes of Diogo Jota, who can't seem to get in the team at the moment because, <laughs> you know, you've got Diaz, Mane and Salah just kind of uh, firing on all cylinders. And, you know, then you've got Jota to bring off the bench. I mean, Firmino, I mean, Origi obviously hasn't been 
the um, consistent success that people would have liked him to be. But in big games, he comes up with big moments. Um, but for me, it's at the back. I think the issues that they had last season with injuries and problems with defenders and Virgil van Dijk being out and Gomez being out and Matip being injury prone. They've gone and signed Ibrahim Akunate, who I think has been a, a really good addition and he's adapted very well to the Premier League. He's quick. He's strong. I mean, it's what you want for a centre-back to have the Goal pace that Canate well. has. It's frightening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the other person that he, he kind of reminds me of is um, Wesley Fofana, albeit he's much bigger than Fofana. But Fofana across the ground is one of the quickest central defenders I've seen in the Premier League in years. And Canate as well is also very good at eating up ground quickly. So if you're talking about players looking to make runs in behind, um, I'm not sure who will start up front for Villa tonight I presume it'd be Watkins but he's someone who likes to try and run in behind and kind of occupy defenders and cause some problems that way I think I think Canate would be a really good matchup from a Liverpool perspective defending against Watkins so um so yeah I think we will see a a change side um you know even Jordan Henderson hasn't been getting many starts recently if I'm if I'm right in thinking particularly in the big games so maybe he'll come back into the side so yeah I I do think we'll see a, a change up and then a stronger team for the FA Cup final against Chelsea Fergal yeah Call this for us before we take a break. Marley, give us a, a result prediction and most importantly, will Liverpool be top of the Premier League at the end of tonight? Uh, I'm saying... <laughs> I'm saying 4-0 and yes. I'm going to go 4-1. So I think that would mean no, if I'm right in reading the table. Yeah, <laughs> that, that would mean uh, no. Yeah, that would mean they get just squeezed out. So okay. th- there'd, be a, there'd be a goal behind. I think Villa will score, so 4-1. Okay, pretty comprehensive. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three nil. So I'm gonna kind of agree with Niall and say they'll just be a little bit short at the end of play tonight. But it should be pretty straightforward for uh, Liverpool against Aston Villa. Maybe Steven Gerrard will do them a fo- favour. Maybe he'll slip over again and uh, help them out. But uh, hopefully it's going to be an interesting game at Villa Park and a big one in the title race. Right, we're going to grab a quick break on Football Social Daily. After the break, we're keeping up the title chat. Pep versus Klopp. They've been needling needling each other once again. Jürgen's not happy. Pep's not happy. We're going to be discussing all of that in just a sec. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back to the Football Social Daily Tuesday edition. We are keeping up the Manchester City-Liverpool title chat on today's podcast. Marley, Pep and Klopp are not happy. And more importantly, Pep is not happy because the whole of the country and the media, so that means you, me and Niall, apparently... We're all in on this secret pact that no one's even bothered to tell us about that we all want, shh, keep it to yourself, we all want Liverpool to win the league. Now, I didn't get the email about this. Niall, I don't know if you forgot to CC me into this one, but I didn't get the email that all of the media in the UK and the country want Liverpool to win the Premier League this season. But Pep Guardiola, mastermind that he is, has cracked the code. I am only joking, but I'm also kind of serious. Pep Guardiola, in his press conference yesterday, said that everyone in this country supports Liverpool. The media, everybody. Of course, because Liverpool have got an incredible history in European competition, but not afraid to stick the knife in. He said they don't in the Premier League because they've only won one 
in 30 years. But apparently, that's not a problem at all. So he is having a little crack at Liverpool. I want to get your take on this, Marley. Is he, is he being serious or is he just on the wind-up? Because we listen to this, we work in football, we're football fans. I don't get this. So I can only assume that Pep Guardiola is deliberately trying to take the mick or he's just completely out of touch. Yeah, it was a, it was an interesting quote, wasn't it? Um, I didn't expect him to do it, especially after you know winning the game uh, the weekend. And usually people get a bit get a bit tetchy after after they've dropped points, for example. But you know, as if like like Klopp did against uh, against Spurs when he came out and had a dig at them, and then he took it back a couple of days later, something like a heat in, heat of the moment type thing. Um, but yeah, this was. I, I did enjoy the bit at the end when he's <laughs> when he said he made a dig at Liverpool only making one league title in 30 years. I thought that was completely uncalled for, but therefore funny because I do like it when managers have a bit of needle and when when City play Liverpool, it's all very handshaky and huggy and oh your 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 team's brilliant, no your team's brilliant, and then you know 30 games into the season when it's all coming down to it, they start having a little pop at each other and it's. It's funny because it reminds you of the days of Ferguson and Wenger who genuinely absolutely hated each other. Um, and and it has that little throwback of, of everyone uh, just back in, in the sort of early 2000s and late 90s, just where anything really went, really. Do you know what? For um, me, that is the most Mourinho thing that Guardiola has ever said. <laughs> it's like, you could see that quote on a piece of paper and say, which top elite manager in world football said this? And everyone would go, oh, it's Mourinho, Mourinho, straight away. Yeah, I mean, Mourinho's highlights of, of spats with managers uh, is just hilarious if you don't take it too seriously. I mean, he's poked Tito Villain over in the eye, for God's sake, in, a, in an El Clasico. <laughs> the absolute madman. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the quote, to be fair. I, 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 quite, uh, I quite liked it. Um it's completely wrong. Um, I think he's. I don't. So therefore, I don't really know why he said it. Because, in fact, no. I think I do know why he said it actually. Because, with, with the the media sort of way, Man City do get a lot of stick, and it is for the whole uh, checkbook, blah blah blah. You've you've bought the league and you've bought all these players, and obviously you're going to win the league because you've got the best players, you've got the best manager, and. I understand that, that that's obviously gets uh, tiring and Guardiola will definitely be thinking like, you know, what's, you know, I'm I'm winning the league here. I've won, you know, four out of five league titles if they win the league this year. You know, he's built one of the best Premier League sides ever and he probably wants a bit, a bit, a bit more credit, but... I think the English way and the English mentality is to is to always try and bring someone down when they're at the top. And I think that's what we're seeing from the media because, you know, we've seen it, we're probably going to talk about it in a bit and I'll make the point later on, but um, the thing about Haaland, you know, everyone's... The, the narrative is, oh, they don't need Haaland or they're ruining football by signing him, but, you know, it's it's their prerogative, you know, they can go and sign who they want. And it's the same with, with the league, you know, I think... Um, we we're seeing it from from media outlets and and uh, and all sorts of stuff where they slightly favour Liverpool because there's um, there's this narrative that Liverpool haven't spent money and it's it's just wrong. Like Liverpool have spent money, not quite as much as Man City, but there's not much in it. Um, and I think that's I think it's getting to Guardiola because it will get through the gaps. It will it will seep through into their their mindset of. Um, you know they they won't be oblivious to the fact that people are saying oh well Liverpool have built a team from 
you know, from scratch. They had Ricky Lambert and Mario Balotelli when when Klopp came in. He had to he had to ditch them all and Milner and Lallana and Lovren and Klein and all these players. Whereas Man City's team wasn't exactly brilliant when City when uh, when Guardiola came in. It needed a lot of work. It, it was the oldest squad in the Premier League at the time. Um, so there there is still. There is still sort of a comparison there that isn't being made really in the media. I, th- I do think uh, there is a lot of people who favour Liverpool, but I mean, judging from our podcast, I don't know about you guys, but out of the two of them, I'd rather see City win the league. But that's just me, and I think I'm—I don't think I'm in the minority there. I think most people would prefer—I mean, <laughs> would prefer City to win the league than Liverpool, um, but. That would depend on who you ask, I suppose. Because if you ask a Man United fan, I think he'd rather he'd rather just you know get relegated than, than any of them happen. But it's just one of them one of them things where a manager will see it from a, from everyone's attacking him and his club. Like he'll see the negatives, he won't see the, as much positives because negative headlines get get more clicks and get more views and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's it's a strange one because I, d- I don't certainly don't think that. The, the general man in the street wants Liverpool to win the league over Man City. Niall, where do you stand on this? Because from a media perspective, and we chatted about, well, we joked about this before we started recording, that most pundits for BT, for Sky Sports, for BBC, etc., are made up of players who retired, say, 15, 20, maybe a little bit longer years ago. And they're the best teams in Liverpool and Manchester United. You've got Michael Owen, um, Steve McManaman, Roy Keane, Paul Scholes, Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher. The reason Manchester City are not as representative is because they weren't as successful. Now, looking at this idea that the national mood is in favour of Liverpool, according to Guardiola, but not according to Mali, I find myself kind of falling down in the cracks a little bit here because... I find City quite difficult to warm to. I think Pep Guardiola is an incredible manager. They're a brilliant team. But I find the whole City operation quite difficult to warm to. Now, there's justifiable criticism of where City have made their money, how they're financed, etc. That is a portion of that. But I just think so much about them. I get why Man City fans are obviously fanatical about them. But for me, as non-Liverpool fan, non-City fan, I don't really get on board with that. And in terms of the country's mood towards Liverpool. I was chatting to a couple of Liverpool fans about this yesterday and they said the very strong point, which is that come to Anfield and listen to the away ends, the songs that they sing, the negative criticism that they make online about Liverpool and tell me that they want Liverpool to win the league. And I'm I'm probably edging towards that more because I don't see any sort of pro-Liverpool sentiment. They're one of the few grounds in the country where fans come and sing these really disgusting songs but yet, according to Pep Guardiola, everyone outside of Manchester Blue wants them to win the Premier League title. Yeah, I get that. And I suppose there's a few comments to make on that. I mean, you can either take Pep's comments literally or figuratively. And, you know, it's up to you as an individual how you assess the words that, that Guardiola delivered. I think in terms of coming to Anfield and listening to away ends, well, every you know all 19 teams that pitch up at Anfield are not going to sing pro-Liverpool songs. So I'm not sure that would be the best example to use in, in my But they opinion. do sing anti-Liverpool. Yeah, but it's no different to when they go to Manchester United or when they go to Chelsea or when they go to Tottenham and they sing songs about, you know, their history and their heritage. And I think Chelsea's a good example to use, to be honest, Fergal, because... It's 
it's exactly like what Marley said. There's this British thing, in my opinion, where whoever's on top, you really want to knock them off their perch and see someone else take their crown. I don't know why that is. It just feels like it's a mentality that's ingrained within the English game and indeed in English culture in other ways, which I won't go into now. But when I was younger, Manchester United were the best team in the country. They were by far the team that won the most trophies. They had the best players. Where I grew up, most people supported the team that I supported, but the ones that didn't were either Manchester United fans or Chelsea fans. And, you know, when Chelsea came along, everyone hated them because they had paid into this um, this this method of success, which was financed by a, a rich Russian who had come in, spent loads of money, signed the best players within one or two seasons. They had the best manager, the best team, and they were winning the Premier League title. You know, it was the same thing with Manchester United when they were winning everything. All people wanted to do was see them fail. And I think it's the same happening now with Manchester City. And you're absolutely right. There are legitimate questions as to whether the money that they have in terms of the investment in the club is um, legitimate or not. I mean, that's not for me to get into, but I certainly think that there are understandable questions around that in the media. Um, It's quite incessant and I can understand why City fans get frustrated by it because it is all the time. Every time they're doing well, it's not about the football, it's about why they're being successful. And you don't get those questions as much with with Liverpool. It's more, you know, the Liverpool model is, is organic and the City model is manufactured. And I can understand why that would frustrate Manchester City supporters but I think it's one of those things where you can either take what he said literally and think well no of course 50% of the country aren't wanting or 100% of the country are wanting Liverpool to win the title because that's ridiculous because you've got the whole of Manchester and I'll tell you now United fans would rather City win the title than Liverpool there's no question you've got all of the other teams that would rather see uh, Liverpool fail Everton for a big example Um, there are many other teams as well so I certainly don't think that's the case. I mean, you know, I, I, I certainly think that Pep Guardiola's comments are probably a bit misjudged. He's probably just feeling a little bit um, dejected by the, the the media coverage. And, you know, we hear stories about how Guardiola doesn't read the press. Of course he reads the press. He knows exactly what's going on. I'm sure he's informed by people on social media. I'm sure, I mean, because it happens all the time where you try and stay away from it and then someone will send you a WhatsApp saying, oh, have you seen what the newspaper has said about you? And it happens in all walks of life in football, whether that be, you know, the, the general run-of-the-mill fan that goes to a game occasionally or one of the best managers to, to grace the game, you know, people do find out these things that are said about them in the media. So um, I, I, I don't know whether I agree with him. Um, I certainly don't give a monkeys who wins the Premier League title. It's nothing to do with me, really. And I think that actually, if you're a sort of person that feels like you need to lay your make your bed and, and put your eggs in a certain basket, are you City or are you Liverpool? I really don't care who wins the Premier League. I support Portsmouth. This is nothing to do with me. And I'm sure that there are many other football fans around the country that feel the same way as I do which is whoever wins it wins it and yeah there are question marks as to who won it and why they won it and what the problems were and what the issues weren't but that is football that you know that is the modern game now and and for me it's a it's a case of another installment in the tete-a-tete between Pep and Klopp they seem to have a lot of respect um, for each other and now it's starting to transcend into the media with a, a little bit of kind of to and fro in with, with quotes back and forth and Klopp suggesting that Tottenham are a, are a, you know, kind of a defensive team when they have world-class players and Guardiola saying that everyone wants Liverpool to win. I think we're just at the pressure end of the season, Fergal, where people are starting to say things in the heat of the moment and maybe that is, um, is being exaggerated a little bit too much and inflated a bit too much in the back pages. 
Uh, there's an interesting poll BBC Football have done this morning, and I think Pep Guardiola has been clicking away in his house because as it stands, according to a poll on the back of Guardiola's comments on who do you want to win the Premier League, it's 55% for Liverpool and 45 for Manchester City. Now, we don't know if Pep Guardiola has been voting like mad this morning for Liverpool to win the Premier League, but that is an interesting... <laughs> uh, an interesting but like I said, you know, you take the comments literally, there are more Liverpool fans in the world than there are City fans. There are more Liverpool fans in the United Kingdom than there are City fans. That is a stone-cold fact. So, you know, you can take it literally and say more people want Liverpool to win the league. Well, yeah, probably, because there's more Liverpool fans. The rest of us probably don't really care who it is. I think our little podcast here, Football Social Daily, is, is a wonderful microcosm of, of why that is not the case. Because I don't think, other than Steve McNaughton, I don't think anybody has come on the podcast and said they want Liverpool to win the league. So I, I really think I really think Pep yeah. is, is just on the wind-up. I, I honestly, honestly do. And as it stands, they're, <laughs> uh, they're, they're going to win the Premier League or they're going to defend the Premier League and uh, he'll be proved wrong because uh, Liverpool won't win the Premier League title. But we're going to wrap it up for part two of Pep versus Klopp, part two of the podcast and part two of their little row in the end of season running. After the break, we're continuing the theme of Manchester City. We're leaving Liverpool alone and we're talking transfers. Erling Haaland is on the verge of joining Manchester City but like the rest of us he seems to be trapped at Manchester Airport hopefully Haaland can get through passport control as quickly as possible and get unveiled as Man City's new man up top all that to come in just a sec Football's Social Daily find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk Football's Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to Tuesday's edition of the Football Social Daily. As always, you know the drill by now. If you hit subscribe up the top, you can get access to a brand new show every single day. All the way until the end of the campaign, we will be with you every step of the way. Previews, reviews, action, analysis, everything you need to keep right up to date with the Premier League. Right, we're going to wrap up today's show, Niall, with Erling Haaland's move to Manchester City. Now, this was touched on a bit on yesterday's podcast, but we now know a bit more information and we now know that the deal is is pretty much done. As it stands, his release clause at Borussia Dortmund, which is estimated at about £65 million, has been met by Manchester City. A huge salary package is being put together to bring him to English football, but... The biggest one for me is just his goal record. It is absolutely crazy. Based on the last two seasons, 61 goals in 66 Bundesliga games and 85 goals in 88 games across all competitions. He's an absolute goal machine. Are you confident that he's going to replicate that in the Premier League next season? Yeah, I think he will. Maybe not to the extent of you know 30 goals a season, but I think he'd definitely be up and around 20 goals a season he's like a lab project isn't he you know it's like he's been made in a in a laboratory you know you've got football scientists putting a little bit of ingredient a little bit of Ibrahimovic in there a little bit of his old man in there you know kind of shaking it all up in a test tube and then seeing what comes out and the you know the product is a is a superstar 21 year old who looks like he's ready and hungry to rip the Premier League to shreds and you know we know Manchester City have been playing without a striker without a bona fide number nine they've been playing this false nine system they wanted Harry Kane last summer they couldn't get him Daniel Levy was stubborn and said no he's not for sale and so what they've done is they've turned their attention elsewhere and whether they would have signed Erling Haaland regardless had the Harry Kane deal not fallen through is anyone's guess really imagine if City had signed Harry Kane and he had been firing on all cylinders this season for them 
would they have still gone in for Erling Haaland? Who knows? Because everyone knew this sort of 60, 70 million euro release clause was up for grabs this summer. Um, and looks like Manchester City are the ones who have who have triggered that and and successfully brought him to to East Manchester. So yeah, I think he will be uh, an excellent addition. I do think it's worth remembering that even some of the best strikers we've seen in Premier League history that have come from foreign shores, I'm thinking Didier Drogba, for example, took him at least a season to kind of settle into his stride and then he became Mourinho's you know, premier weapon to win uh, titles for Chelsea. Um, There are other examples as well of strikers who have come from overseas that haven't quite done it. I don't think Erling will be that sort of character. I think he's um, in tune enough with the English game, having seen his dad play. He was born in Leeds. He is uh, an admirer of Leeds. He's watched Manchester City matches. He knows, I think, what to expect in the Premier League. And I think the confidence levels this young man has is what sets him apart. He is very close to arrogant. He's straggling that borderline, isn't he, between uh, brash and arrogant and and confident. And he is supremely confident. Um, So, yeah, he reminds me of of Ibrahimovic almost in a way, not not just in... um, the physicality of him you know he's quite a tall lad he's relatively strong he's very quick for his size uh, and he plays in a similar position but also the mentality you know you've heard Ibrahimovic come up with some strange quotes like you know into the lion's den and all of these sorts of things you know he's got these tattoos over his body and you know he's got the long hair and he's just a character a persona and I think Erling Haaland will quickly become that for Manchester City it's a genuinely exciting signing for City they've signed some real top players in the past but I saw someone on social media say this and I totally agree with it when they signed Kevin De Bruyne you had pundits on Sky Sports saying 50 million quid for this lad from Wolfsburg is that a you know is that a joke you know when they signed Sergio Aguero he was a decent striker from Atletico Madrid but he wasn't the the superstar that he became with this signing Manchester City are signing someone who is already a genuine talent a genuine superstar and I'm trying to rack my brains and think the last time that City signed someone who was already legitimately one of the best players in the world what Pep does very well and what City do well is they go and find players who are decent and then they arrive and then they become world beaters. In this instance, I think this is the opposite. I think they are going into the market and buying someone who is already pre-packed, ready-made, a genuine superstar. And I think that's what makes this so exciting. Looking at what Haaland's expected to do at Manchester City, Marley, from, from a team perspective, since Pep Guardiola's come into Manchester City, they've been dominant in the Premier League. Three Premier League titles, potentially a fourth this season, four League Cups, an FA Cup, but... The holy grail or the the black cloud hanging over Pep Guardiola's head is the Champions League. They've only had one final appearance under him since he came to English football. And this is where so much of the focus comes for Erling Haaland. Because you look at Manchester City's record in the Premier League this season. And obviously the failed pursuit of Harry Kane was a big focus last summer. But they haven't really dropped off in terms of points that have been dropped. They've lost three games so far this season. That's likely to stay the same until the end of the campaign. That'd be the second lowest since Pep Guardiola came in. 29 wins if they stay uh, on a winning run between now and the end of the season. That's the first time they've got to that number since 2019. There's not really any more they can do in the Premier League. The points that they've dropped are, are generally par for the course, even when you are the best team in England. But bringing Haaland in with the pressure on his shoulders of going winners, the Champions League, I think is a dangerous precedent. I think Erling Haaland is a brilliant player and he'll smash in lots of goals for Manchester City. But saying to this guy, come and win us the Champions League when 
Sergio Aguero, Yaya Torre, Kevin De Bruyne, all of these incredible players have not won it is a bold move for Guardiola to make. It is, yeah. It's uh, it's it's a gamble. Um, my theory is that that he's sick of losing and not scoring against Crystal Palace, so he's bringing him in to score against Crystal Palace in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> that is a life of excess. Yeah. I mean, can't he just can't get past um, Mark Gay and Tyrek Mitchell, so bringing him in. Um, but no, I, I take your point. I, I know what you're saying. It's uh, it's a big gamble. It's a big price to pay, and all the rest of it. But Ultimately, I, I think Man City have got the team they've, that they've got and they've still got a gaping hole in it and that is a, that is a striker. Um, it works most weeks without a striker because they're just that good. If you have 70, 70% possession or close to that number every week, someone's going to score at some point, whether it's Sterling, Mares, Foden, Jesus, uh, Grealish, De Bruyne. Even Rodri's got six frigging Premier League goals this season, which is madness considering... I mean, I was watching the game at the weekend. Rodri's got six Premier League goals. Callum Wilson's got six all season for Newcastle, and he's our top scorer. So that that sums up how how many he's chipping in with. Um, and so basically, the the point is they get goals from everywhere. But in in the big games, I do think they've lacked a bit of uh, a bit of cutting edge. I think um, even when they had Aguero. When Aguero was struggling to break teams down, which is very rarely, of course, but. When it happened, I always thought they, they lacked a bit of height in the box. And I think this is the biggest thing ha- Haaland's going to bring them. Because if Man City... Man, every time Man City score a goal, it's never that I can... I can't even remember one from a cross. Um, just, I just remember now uh, Jesus' goal against Watford. But again, it's Watford in it, so... You know, it's... If you have a, a target man in there who can out-jump defenders as well as a guy who can can go in who can sprint in behind who's strong and everything like Haaland's got he's got the full package I think you, you add another facet to your game I think you can start crossing balls in from, from deeper and causing more problems uh, like that and whether we see that or not we'll, we'll have to wait and see if he hits the ground running or or what have you but I mean the guy is is available to, to plug a gap which Man City clearly think they've got um, and they're signing him and they're signing Alvarez in the in the summer as well. And I just think, um, you know, it's going to take them to another level. And obviously that other level is winning the Champions League before um, before Pep Guardiola calls it a day in England and, and maybe goes somewhere else to try something different. But I think he's, uh, he's, he's the perfect player for City. He's, as Niall said, he's, he's almost like the best in class. He's the best available striker out there. Um, and he's the next generation of, of strikers as well, which have, which tend to have. I mean, strikers in the past had height and strength, or they had pace, and the modern day strikers are starting to bridge that gap. You see, Haaland and Darwin Nunes are both six foot two, six foot three, and they're they're rapid. They're quicker than anyone across the ground. So, I mean, this this kid's like a, a robot. He's an absolute freak of a of player. When you see him run, it's it's so strange. It's like being chased by the Terminator. It, it, if you were running away, <laughs> he's, he's an absolute freak. But it's his age as well, Marley, because he's twenty one. So you're talking sort of six, seven years of him being at peak level, which is crazy. Like if you went and bought someone like Tammy Abraham, for example, who's having a brilliant season for Roma, he's twenty five. So like already you've kind of got four years on someone who's still considered a young striker in Abraham because Haaland's only 21. 
Exactly. It's uh, it's a scary prospect for anyone else in the Premier League, but that that is that is what it is. You know, City uh, City have got the money. They've got they've clearly got a plan to to get away from financial fair play if if that is coming in. You know, they've got the 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 wiggle room in the budget to to not be affected by that, and they've got the lawyers to get them out of it as well as they've pro- proved in the past. Um, but there, yeah, there it is. You know, if if you've got the money, go and, go and spend it. Here's something for you, lads. I'm just on Harlan's Wikipedia page and it says um, who he cites as his inspirations. Can you guess who they might be? There are four players on here. I wonder if you can guess who they are. Uh, no. Zlatan, well, yeah. No, they're not Zlatan. Um, oh, it's gonna be, there's going to be a weird Man City connection. <laughs> Is that right? So one's Cristiano Ronaldo. Stephen Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> right, one's Cristiano, one's Robin Van Persie, One's a recent one, which is Jamie Vardy, because he says he's been studying Jamie Vardy's movement in behind the defence, which I've heard him say recently. So Ronaldo, Vardy and Van Persie. The other one is a, a Premier League cult hero from a few years oh, ago. Oh, I know who, it. Sh- M- Go Michu. It is Michu, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he loves Michu. He met him a few, uh, about a year ago or something. He met him and he was buzzing. He was genuinely so happy. I think it was because it was because he he was tall and left footed and scored goals and he was like that's me. Yeah, Miguel Perez Cuesta, Michu, what a legend. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's fair to say Crystal Palace, you've been warned. Michu Part Two is, is on his way. You've been you've been well warned. Before we wrap up, I do have a little bit of trivia to throw back at you both. Now we don't have time for a Jim Salverson bells and whistles quiz, and uh, this is a very short quiz because it's only got one question. So it's the shortest quiz on earth. So I'm going to throw this over to both of you. Get you to have a little guess at this one. If Erling Haaland completes his move to Manchester City and scores twenty or more Premier League goals as we probably expect him to do, who was the last or most recent player to score 20 or more Premier League goals in their first season in the Premier League? Oh, that's a tough one. So they have one guess each. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. I wouldn't even know where to start. Oh, uh, Van Persie. Okay, you're on Robin Van Persie. Now I was going to say Mo Salah, but then I remembered he had a couple of games at Chelsea, didn't he? before yeah, he came yeah, back yeah. so it that's, won't be him that's, that's muddy the statistics yes yeah. well, so it's not, it's not first season oh my gosh um, do they have to have signed from abroad or can it just be their first season I don't know because I was thinking like Andy Cole maybe in like the early days when he used to score loads of goals no, for no, fun no, way, way more recent oh my that. gosh 20 goals in a Premier League season um, let me guess and think um, oh my mind's gone here I'm trying to think who's 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 good who are good teams um <laughs> Uh, Jota come on th- Diogo, so Jogo Jota and Robin Van Persie right well you're both wrong um, now I know Jim gives second chances so I'm going to give a second chance and I'm going to give you a couple of clues I, okay? was say, I need a clue before I have a second chance for beer all day <laughs> so the season it happened in was 2014-15 it was this player's first season in the Premier League and they had moved from abroad they played three seasons <laughs> it's, in not the league. Again, only, it? <laughs> it's not meet you no. again is it it's not meet you again they played three <laughs> they played three seasons in the Premier League and they only played for one team and they scored 20 goals exactly in 14-15 and then they scored 20 goals exactly again in 16-17 now that's all the clues I can really give away to you Marley go on <laughs> I'm having a terrible week on the quizzes I was 14-15 and 16-17 20 so goes per season 7 and 5 years ago um, oh I think I know who it is 
four and score ten years ago. Bloody hell. Um, I've got a guess. I'd... Okay, we'll let Marley go. Go on. Come on, Marley. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. Aguero. Niall. I'm going to go for Diego Costa. That's wrong. Correct. Diego yes. Costa, 20 Get goals in. in his first season at Chelsea after joining from Atletico oh, Madrid. Yep, he got 20 <laughs> goals exactly in 14-15, 12 in 15-16, and then 20 again in 16-17. And considering what an absolute lunatic he is, <laughs> 52 Premier League goals in 89 Premier League games is not a bad return. Do you know what I nearly said before on the first when we were trying to get it the first time? I said it in my head and I nearly said it out loud. Uh, it definitely won't be a Chelsea striker. He scored <laughs> fifty and ninety in the Premier League for Chelsea, and he's only thirty-three and he's still without a club. Apparently, madness. There you go. If uh, if Haaland falls through, City, Pep, you know who to call. Costa needs a job and he's a guaranteed goals man. <laughs> right, that's it. We're going to wrap it up for Tuesday's edition of the Football Social Daily. Niall, Marley, as always, thanks so much for your time. Cheers, Cheers Virgil. Great stuff indeed. As always, hit subscribe up the top on this episode and you can get access to a brand new show every single day. All the way between now and the end of the Premier League season, we are with you every step of the way. Thanks for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.